Psalm 66, 8 through 20. All your nations bless our God. Let the sound of his praise be heard. God preserved us among the living. But living, he, he didn't let our feet slip a bit. But God, you have tested us. You've refined us like silver, trapped us in a net, laid burdens on our backs, let other people run right over to our heads. We've been through fire and water. But you brought us out to freedom. So I'll enter your house with entirely burned offerings. I'll keep the promises I made to you, the ones my lips uttered, the ones my mouth spoke when I was in deep trouble. I will offer the best burned offerings to you along with smoke, with the smoke of sacrificed rams. I will offer both bulls and goats. Selah. Come and listen, all you who honor God. I will tell you what God has done for me. My mouth cried out to him with praise on my tongue. If I had cherished evil in my heart, my, God, my Lord would not have listened to me. But God definitely listened. He heard the sound of my prayer. Bless God he didn't reject my prayer. He didn't withhold, withhold his beautiful love for me. Thank you for the reading of Psalm 66, 8 through 20. And again, that was from the Common English Bible Version. Today's sermon passage is a psalm. And it is a bit misleading for me to say it's a sermon, as I don't think it's most helpful to preach a psalm in the sense of me breaking it down and, or drawing out three points uh, to teach the meaning embedded in the psalm. Psalms are songs. They're art. They're creative uh, music um, used in the worship of the temple. Um, and as much as we can take a modern hymn and break it down and analyze the words, and it can be helpful to us, the hymn is most potent, I think all of us would agree, sung and sung together in the community of faith and corporate worship. Yes, the words hold intellectual force for us, for our minds, but also they're meant to invoke emotional truth and we resonate with songs of praise and worship soulfully. And they lead us to respond to God relationally with our hearts, not just intellectually and rationally. And here we have a psalm of praise, as many psalms are. And uh, they were used as worship, worship uh, songs in the temple, like I said. And the psalmist here is responding to God's deliverance of him or her from the suffering and then the renewed life experienced afterwards. Suffering, renewed life, psalm of praise. But mixed in this song of praise are elements of God's testing as faithful through suffering. Um, but I first wanted to start off with uh, the first movement, verse 8. All you nations, bless our God. Let the sound of his praise be heard. All you nations, it starts very large, very universally, very global. There's something so immense about this, so beyond. You know what I mean? Like, we are small, the individual, I am small. And yet all the nations of the world are gathering here, is the image the psalm is invoking. 
and praising God. All of the world is praising God. It is beyond just me, beyond my household, beyond my tribe, my country, beyond any treaty or coalition of countries. If there's one thing that we've seen during these times, the pandemic, is that it is global. We all, humanity, have been brought together in a common experience. We stand on common ground as the nations before God. The coronavirus is a big deal. It's ginormous. The world has been shut down. But you know what? God is bigger. Amen. God, you preserved us among the living. You did not let our feet slip. The declaration of the psalmist at this point is that God has preserved us among the living and God has not let our feet slip. Is this the experience that you're having right now? Perhaps, yes, you're alive. We're all alive. And you feel grateful this, for this, but steady footing? Immediately we run into a contradiction. Well, God, you did let my feet slip. My feet feel very slippery on these cliffs right now. In fact, many of us have stumbled and continue to be stumbling. But you, oh God, have tested us. And verse 10, you have refined us like silver, trapped us in a net, laid burdens on our backs, let other people run right over our heads. We've been through fire and water, but you, oh God, have tested us. How do you out there respond to these words? Words about God testing you specifically or testing his faithful followers. Do you feel mishandled? Do you feel manipulated? Do you feel unjustly punished? I'm not suggesting that God has created a global pandemic to test the faithful or that people are massively suffering and dying for the sake of some spiritual obstacle course. I do not pretend to know things that are unknowable about the will of God, but I will say that it is my strong belief that God doesn't repeatedly create natural disasters just to punish groups of sinful people. His algorithms are much too complex for us to figure out as we account for a fallen world crying out from the curses of evil. I will say suffering, trials, and difficulties are not necessarily punishment to you from God. Also, I know that in the midst of suffering and trials and going through fire and water, God is present here with us as we worship him, even as we're scattered. And we'll experience this as we take communion today uh, over the internet that though our bodies physically are not here together as one body, Christ is with us as we partake together at his table, the bread and the wine, that Christ is present with us and his power, the power of the Holy Spirit is gluing us together and unifying us, right? In the same way, God is present, God is working, God is healing, God is transforming his people. And I will say that suffering, trials, and difficulties are not necessarily punishment 
to you from God. So when you go through suffering, sometimes you're like, what did I do wrong? Right? Why am I going through this? I must have sinned. That's our natural inclination, right? I must have sinned. I must have done something wrong because God is making pain happen in my life. I'm going through this trial. God, what have I done? So I can, right? I can cast lots. I can chuck the Jonah's out of the boat. The things that are poison in my life, I can cut them out and throw them away. Please tell me so this suffering can end. But we're not to look at suffering just as a means of punishment. In fact, more often, we're going through, God is testing us and trying us because he loves us. Because we're faithful and he wants to create in us more faithful hearts. He wants to renew us. He wants to transform us. He wants to do surgery on our hearts so that we'll be better people. For me personally, when I am in the midst of trials, things come up from the depths of my soul gut. I may respond to the fire, the water, the trials, the mountains, the desert in a unique way that highlights something that God is examining in me. And then beyond me as an individual, globally, communally, likewise, our communities, our churches, our places of work, our cities, our states, our country respond to crisis in ways that may reveal systemic brokenness or things that need to be fixed or things that are wrong, unjust. And we should all examine and search for ways to improve and be transformed for the betterment of society as a whole and ourselves as individuals. Take this time, take these trials and tribulations, this time of suffering, take it as an opportunity of God's love to be examined and refined through fire. Whether there is blame uh, to be dished out, this can be dealt with later. For now, embrace what God is doing in you and do not run. We move on to the last part of verse 12, but you brought us out to freedom. Even though people run right over our heads, even though we've been through fire and water, you brought us out into freedom. Ultimately, God's desire is not to enslave us and chain us to blind obedience to his wrathful, scheming ways. He's like a puppeteer, you know, snickering at us <laughs> while we suffer. That's not God. When we are tested by God, when he allows us to experience trials, he's like a surgeon, right? Doing precise cuts to our hearts, not to kill us, but to make us better. The great doctor, he is doing cardiac surgery in our lives so that we can run more freely in him and live and love more fully with less impediments, but more freedom. In Christ, there is freedom. And right now, you feel maybe like crap. Sorry for my language. You may feel like crap. But when God, when you allow God to do work, there is pain, right? Because he knows what he's doing. He has to take some things out. He has to change some things. He has to fix some things in our gut, in our soul. 
but this is for freedom. But you have brought us out to freedom. Amen. And the rest of the psalm is a model of the worshipful response to God as a result of what God is doing, as a result of God examining us, as a result of God letting us go through trials in order to do surgery to His faithful. This, the rest of this psalm, is worship. Worship is our faithful response to God for what He's done. When we acknowledge God's hand in our lives in healing and transforming us for the better, we are led naturally into praise. Praise is the natural response to God's work in our lives. God is alive. God is powerful. God is at work. And because we experience this and we acknowledge it, we accept it and we receive it, we want to sing. We want to give thanks. We want to pray out, cry out, and give praise to God. The psalmist says, So, so, I will enter your house with burned offerings. Because of what you have done here, so, because of this, so, I will enter your house with burned offerings. This is why we now enter the house of the Lord in response of worship to bring our bodies Our bodies before Almighty God to honor Him, to throw ourselves at Him in gratitude as living sacrifices. This is why today, even we gather, even though we gather online, we are gathering in His temple, and we are offering our best sacrifice to Him. We remember our promises to God when we cried out to Him. Remember, the promises our lips uttered, the ones our mouths spoke when we are in deep trouble. And finally, verse sixteen: Come, listen close and listen, all you who honor God. Come close and listen, all you who honor God. Those of you who are followers of God, those of you who acknowledge God's work. In the midst of what we're going through, these are the those who honor God. The psalmist is saying, "Come closer, listen, listen to the story, listen to the narrative." Our our worship is the acknowledgement of God's hand. It's the acceptance of God's story, the narrative of God's love in our lives, in the goings on of the world. We acknowledge that His Spirit is moving over the waters of the darkness and chaos. He is speaking words of creation, just like in Genesis, that He is once again making things new and very, yes, very good. That He has the last word. That He has the powerful word. That is why we, as the church, as followers of Jesus, as those who honor God. Should come close and listen, because he is speaking to us. He is speaking to the world. Not everyone listens, but we, those who follow and those who honor God, come close and listen. He is speaking in God, and only the one true God is speaking most 
assuredly also becoming. At creation, God said, Let there be light. And yes, there was light. Let there be this. And yes, there was that. In God, only in the true God, when He speaks, it becomes. And that is why when God speaks, we listen. That is why the psalmist is saying, Come closer and listen. Those of you who honor God, listen to the words of God because they have meaning, they have power, they are becoming their creation at work. In us, making us new, healing us, redeeming us, strengthening us, lifting us up. His words, and when we listen and receive them, have meaning. And when we are transformed, when our hearts that were once having cardiac arrest are healed by the great surgeon, we and we can once again jump and dance and run up hills. We thank God. We praise God. We write psalms and poems in praise of God. We create art. We work with our hands、um, in worship of God. Anything we do in life, whether it's a father, as a father, as a mother, as a son, as a daughter, as a brother, as a sister, as a worker, as a boss, a supervisor. Whatever it is you do, you do in praise of God because you know that God's story is encompassing the world, that God's gospel is the only true gospel, the good news that gives us perspective, that gives us life. He heard the sound of my prayer. And here we see that the final call to the faithful is prayer. Prayer. God definitely listened. Remember to pray. Not only、um, are we to listen closely to God, but God has been listening very closely to you. It says it here in this psalm He hears you. He heard your cry. God has and been. He has heard your cry and he has been listening very closely to you. He hears you. He heard your cry. He didn't reject your prayers. So give thanks and praise him and continue to pray. Continue to ask him to deliver you. Continue to ask Is there any hurtful way in me? Do with me what you will. Not my will, but yours be done. As my life feels threatened today, continue to make me a new creation. Make your love story, God, your love story of redemption. Make your narrative be the words I listen to today very intently. Let me listen to your words closely, not the lies and deception of the robber and the thief. But the voice of the Good Shepherd, as we remember in John 10, calling us to safety and calling us to abundant life. And may we be ambassadors and witnesses of this, this good news, this greatest love story ever told, the gospel. May we be witnesses into the world. May we let our light shine in the midst of competing messages, competing news, 
that will continue to oppress. May we be ambassadors of love, joy, and peace into the land that is crying out in pain. Come and listen. Go and pray. Give praise to God. This is our faithful response to what God has done for us in the midst of hard times. You are not being punished all the time. God is gracious and loving. God is gracious and loving. Come close and listen. And as a means of coming close and listening corporately, um, I want us to do a Lectio Divina um, on a section, the last section of the psalm. And a Lectio Divina means a divine word, um, but it's an exercise of meditation on the word. Oftentimes we just read the Bible and soak it in with our brains and try to break it down, like I said, and analyze it. But things like the Psalms don't always reach our hearts through our brains, but also just in our hearts as we listen, as we come close and listen. And so I'm gonna read 16 through 20 three times. And each time is a kind of a stage or a phase. So the first time I read it to, to you, you at home, just relax, take whatever posture you need, uh, whether that's sitting on the couch with their palms up or laying down or kneeling or whatever, um, and just listen to me read through these verses and listen for a word, an image, or a phrase that just calls out to you, that just grabs you. And remember, make a note of that word or phrase. The second time around, I'll read and listen for that same word, phrase, or image and ask, what, why does this resonate in me? Like, what, why does this call out to me? Like, why do I connect with this? Ask that question. And then finally, when I read it for a third time, you're, as you're listening to this word, phrase, or image, ask the question of God, pray to God, and ask, what do you want me to do with this? What, how do you want me to turn and act and apply this? What are you calling me into? Got it? So this is the first reading. Psalm 66, 16 through 20. Come close and listen, all you who honor God. I will tell you what God has done for me. My mouth cried out to him with praise on my tongue. If I had cherished evil in my heart, my Lord would not have listened. But God definitely listened. He heard the sound of my prayer. Bless God, he didn't reject my prayer. He didn't withhold his faithful love for me. In the second reading, ask, why is this word, phrase, or image calling out to me? Why do I resonate with this? Come close and listen, all you who honor God. 
I will tell you what God has done for me. My mouth cried out to him with praise on my tongue. If I had cherished evil in my heart, my Lord would not have listened. But God definitely listened to me. He heard the sound of my prayer. Bless God. He did not reject my prayer. He didn't withhold his faithful love from me. And as I read this scripture for the third time, ask God, what are you calling me into? What are you inviting me to? Come close and listen, all you who honor God. I will tell you what God has done for me. My mouth cried out to him, my praise on my tongue. If I had cherished evil in my heart, my Lord would not have listened. But God definitely listened. He heard the sound of my prayer. Bless God. He didn't reject my prayer. He didn't withhold his faithful love from me. Amen. And uh, my challenge to you today is to continue to wrestle and to chew and meditate on this psalm, Psalm 66, 8 through 20. And uh, oftentimes I use psalms um, for my own personal Journal, journaling and reflection process uh, for my QT, if you call it a quiet time, um, when I'm in my coffee shop or just spending alone time with God. Um, I respond the best of psalms because it's poetic and I have a poetic heart. Um, I like to rewrite the psalms in my own words in a poem form. Um, so that's one of the things that you can do at home or just sing the psalm or read the psalm out aloud over and over, but see if there's a kind of emotional response that you can have because the psalm itself is saying, come close and listen to God. It's a relational thing. And so God is calling us into a deeper relationship with him. Um, when we objectify the word or we objectify God, then we're like, Oh, why am I experiencing this suffering? Or, oh, we blame other things um, or we turn to other means to control um, our environment, our situation. But when we take time to be still and be like, oh, God is speaking through his word relationally, personally, um, then there's power um, through the back door, through another way um, that we least expected. And so... Take some time to come close and listen to God. Let's pray. God, thank you for your word. Thank you for um, the life that you give us through your word. And as you speak your word to us, give us perspective. Uh, give us a heart to listen and receive and the willingness to accept your story, your narrative for us the world that you are doing something in us in the midst of hard things and that this is leading us to better life to a more full life that this is leading us to 
freedom. And so, God, I pray that um, we can move from this time together. Thank you for this time together, that we can move from this time into more freedom. In Jesus' name we pray. And all God's people said, Amen. Amen.